Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 348 for December 14th, 2023. <clears throat> Today we're going to be talking about VR eyewitness statement tests, a food recall map that shows warnings. Did you know that the Amazing Race is still going? How about 2 million vehicle Tesla recall? And... Uh, Wonka is the prequel to Chocolate Factory, which is the prequel to Snowpiercer. And then we're going to transition over to health survey about aquaculture. And the crew is leaving the track. Not sure how this is legal. Death Stranding. A movie is being birthed by A24. It makes sense if you've ever looked at <laughs> Death Stranding. And... Um, uh, another segment where I just titled it, not sure how this even works. And finally, Eddie Murphy dropping the F-bomb. The return of Axel Foley. Hello, hello. I am Merwat and that is hometown.com. And go over to hometown.com, sign up, become a, a citizen of hometown, and you can swipe things left and right to either hide them or save them. If you swipe right, it hides them. If you swipe left, it saves them. And um, you'll get some other functionality in there, but there are six main uh, channels and then 50 sub channels within it. And each of the sub channels are focused on a particular topic. Typically, you know, technology today is generally technology um something like mix word distillerist or of the bean it's an order of the bean is the the whole title of this but i just refer to it as of the bean that's about coffee and then of the brew is about beer and of the grape is about wine and of the leaf is about tea and of the still is about distilled spirits and then there's distillerist as well i want this to be a live show um and then there's others. Uh, I mean, I've got 50 uh, areas of interest that I have um, that sometimes changes, but uh, hasn't for the last two years. And uh, I would love to be able to launch one of these shows or all of these shows uh, once a week, one hour uh, a day, um, once a week. And it's basically a news about or a show about the news that gets aggregated into that. Anyway, with all of that in mind, let's get into today's news. The very first article is over in Technology Today. A researcher creates VR sequences to test eyewitness statements. So it, eyewitness statements are notoriously uh, fallible as are humans. Witness statements are one of the key sources for identifying perpetrators, but they're also one of the most error prone. Uh, for example, the Innocence Project, an organization that works to clear up miscarriages of justice in the United States, states that incorrect eyewitness statements played a role in 64% of the cases in which it was able to secure the release of people who had been wrongly convicted. Further research is needed to find out why eyewitnesses are so often wrong. And this will require extensive visual material. To me, I think that it has to do with the fact that we latch on to the first thing that we observe when we're in a traumatic or um, 
well, not just traumatic, but high energy state. So if something really exciting happens, we kind of focus on something nearby that um, stays attuned to our memory. And then that's what we see. And my problem with all of this is there is really nothing worse than a, a, a false positive. You know, an innocent person going to jail um, is so much worse, <laughs> at least to me, than uh, a, a criminal being set free incorrectly. You can <laughs> you can catch that person and justice can be righted but going into jail and being punished for something you didn't do will change you forever it will wound your psyche um and for me it would be beyond repair so um let me throw this into the chat real quick and you can check it out oh, there you go um but the source of this is over at uh, techexplore.com, Sebastian Hallstein, Friedrich Schiller, University of Jena, which I've never heard of before. So that's okay. Eyewitness statements are one of the key sources for identifying perpetrators. So this psychologist, Ulrich Cruz of Friedrich Schiller University, Jena, um, has now created such visual aids in VR. Um, I assume that it allows a person to bear witness to some situation and then they have to recall what's going on. Um, but let's see if they actually describe the working experiment. Together with her colleague, Professor Stefan R. Schweinberger, she reports on her work in, one of the, in the current issue of uh, the journal PLOS1. Um, Quote, I've been working extensively or intensively on this topic for years, and I continually find that there's hardly any material available for study programs in this field because images are most likely subject to data protection and cannot be easily distributed, says Cruz. It's or Cruz. It's pronounced it's spelled K-R-U-S-E, so it's probably pronounced Cruz. Um, for this reason. I decided to create such stimuli myself, use them for my own studies, and above all, make them available to colleagues worldwide. To this end, Cruz shot six short film sequences with the support of amateur dramatics groups in which minor offenses are reenacted, such as pickpocketing in a busy park, in order to use virtual reality methods and thus make the eyewitness situations even more realistic. The psychologist also used 3D technology I still have a problem with this methodology because uh, a person acts differently when they're observed, when they know they're observed, um, not just when they're observed, but if they were in a blind or if the person witnessed it in the real world, the nature of the incident stands out differently than if you're sitting in a lab seat, you know, like I am right now, I'm sitting in an office chair. If something happens and I'm here for a purpose and that purpose is what happens, it's just not going to stand out in my brain, at least as far as I recall, you know, past experiences um, in this area. 
So in the next step, general researcher uh, looked for 16 people who looked similar to the perpetrators in the videos in order to photograph them for simulated identity parades, lineups, and uh, also make 3D portraits of them. They created flyers, searched on social media, approached people personally. In total, the, the phase took up the most time is what Cruz says. So I, and it says in virtual reality, uh, they keep phrasing it like this. That's so weird. Um, initially used the material for her own research as part of her doctorate. Let me zoom in a little bit so you can see this. But the visual material that she created, the Jenner researcher, is exploring completely new avenues. I think it's great, um, but this is probably more attuned to um, raising visual acuity and recall um, uh, and situational awareness than perhaps the incident itself. Um, I would probably say that this maybe was just a flat line in terms of uh, any effect. Plus, if you're not a, really aligned with virtual reality, you get motion sickness really easily and that would pull you away from the the reality aspect of this so i don't know it's interesting and i i hope that they do more research in this let's keep going or not one of these days the transitions will work production value so the next article is over in hometown daily food recall map shows u.s states were dire warnings issued so we've been seeing kind of a a spate of uh, food recalls lately. There's actually another one um, right now where there's apparently like metal being found in some drinks. Um, I don't know if I have that in this in this rundown, but it's in uh, hometown. Anyway, food recall map shows U.S. states where dire warnings are issued. Consumable products ranging from tea to cantaloupe have been recalled because of FDA concerns. Um, the article is actually over at Newsweek, and it's put together by Anna Skinner. And it says in the first two weeks of December, consumable products ranging from tea to noodles and cantaloupe have been recalled over myriad concerns from the Food and Drug Administration and the Department of Agriculture's Food Safety and Inspection Service. And this is stuff that I've actually been talking about. <clears throat> These are all of the states. Looks like about half of them <laughs> um, have some type of food recall. The affected cantaloupe had widespread distribution with many states reporting illness from salmonella poisoning. Um, impacted states included Arizona, Minnesota, Ohio, Missouri, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Tennessee, Illinois, Nebraska, Iowa. Hmm. So several food products recalled this month were distributed worldwide. For other products, it was clear which states were most affected. Many of the recalls were over concerns about undeclared ingredients and the packaging, which can like sulfates was something that popped up recently. Um, uh, run the risk of serious or life-threatening allergic reaction if consumed. In California, 3,600 packs of instant noodles were recalled after they were found to, they had a presence of noodle, or sorry, in the, Noodles had a presence of peanuts in the product, which is a known allergen. Um, 
a batch of holiday nog distributed in Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky was recalled over concerns the packaging may have been mislabeled and didn't mention the presence of egg and so on. So there's, and they use the word right, myriad reason. Um, Listeria concerns also led to a recall of more than 13,000 pounds of chicken fried rice from Freshness Guaranteed in Texas. I guess the Listeria was guaranteed fresh. Uh, And here's the one that just popped up. Nearly 2,000 cases of Diet Coke, Fanta Orange, and Sprite have been recalled in Alabama, Florida, and Mississippi following concerns about foreign material in the drinks, essentially metal shavings from what I understand. It happens. Mechanical processes break down. Unfortunately, it made it through its Q, um, its QA quality assessment or quality testing as it went through the line. It's okay. As long as nobody gets hurt, they should fix it. Okay, let's keep going though. Uh, the next article is over in Continuity Report. Who won the Amazing Race season five? You know, the only reason why I picked this is because I was surprised that the Amazing Race is still going. I have not watched the Amazing Race in I don't know how long, 12 plus years. It's on season 35. The Amazing Race season 35 has concluded and the winning team has emerged. I don't know if there's a spoiler in this. It, it's flagged as spoilers, but I'm not, probably, I don't know what I'll read here when I switch over to Screen Rant. Um, the reality TV stalwart has been on the air for 22 years, continues to draw millions of viewers. While the Amazing Race season five, uh, 35 ha- has crowned a winner, the next season is just around the corner, beginning in March, hosted by Phil Coogan. The Amazing Race season 35's cast comprised a diverse group of contestants, and it usually does have a diverse range of contestants. So there they all are. Um, Let's see. Uh, I want to scroll through this really fast so that. Oh, well, I think I just ruined it. (laughs) So don't look if you're interested in watching the season um, because I just exposed who it is. That's who won it. So, yeah, it's actually been an intro in the past when I've seen it. um, It it's been kind of fun but the last time i remember um watching the show and the show actually sticking in my memory is the the season where the guy kept on yelling um his partner's name amber but he had a heavy accent so he's like amber um and she would yell something back and it was just always back and forth like that and i think they won um but it was that i think that was like 12 years ago 13 or 14 years ago maybe longer than that i'd have to look the amazing race was a memorable season that took two teams on an adventure through thailand india germany sweden and ireland while there were many teams to begin the season included brothers and computer scientists greg and john franklin best friends joel strasser and uh, garrett smith and father and son rob and corey MacArthur. Uh, which of the three teams emerged victorious? Dun dun dun. So let's see. What was Greg? Oh, what was the cash prize? Um, let's see. What does it say? Does it actually say? 
One million dollars. Oh, so it has has it always been one million dollars? I'm not sure. Let me know in chat. Um, I'll just uh, I'll just go on. So fun show, but had no idea that it was still going. Look at that, thirty-five seasons. Sheesh, twenty-two years. I mean, they actually split seasons. But let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in Technology Today. Tesla recalls 2 million vehicles over issue with autopilot. What to know? This is a CNET article. I don't know how deep they're going to get into it, but it's the most significant recall in company history, affecting almost all Teslas produced since 2012. Um, Gail Fashingbauer Cooper is the author of this article. Tesla announced its voluntary recall on Wednesday, providing details on which models are affected and what the problem is and how it'll be fixed. Over many years, cars have been gaining features that automate certain driver tasks from cruise control to lane correction and automatic emergency braking. Futurists, including Tesla chief uh, Elon Musk, have long envisioned cars that are fully self-driving. Which models are um, affected uh, apparently the uh, fully autonomous mode uh, kind of falls short so almost all of them a statement from the national highway traffic safety administration says that the recall affects autopilot equipped 2012 to 2023 model s might as well just say model x model 3 and model y vehicles great basically um, anything that came close to having fully aut uh, autonomous driving. So what could happen, it, they say it's complicated. The NHTSA statement says that in certain circumstances with auto steer is engaged, the prominence and scope of the features controls may not be sufficient to prevent driver misuse of the SAE self-automated driving uh, level two advanced driver um, uh, assistance feature so instead of it actually just driving on its own it might actually fail to function properly and then you end up crashing basically the recall is aimed at fixing the system that's supposed to ensure drivers are paying attention when they use autopilot so you're supposed to actually have your hands on the steering wheel you just don't need to drive not at all times you, people just kind of cheat at times as well so the NHTSA reviewed 956 crashes where autopilot was alleged to have been in use, then focused on a narrow set of 322 autopilot related accidents, including frontal collisions and collisions from potential unintended disengagement of the system. So at some point it would just disconnect from self-driving. So is there a cost to Tesla owners? Apparently not. Um, other than the time lost having to deal with it, what else is coming? Owner should have, um, should receive uh, a letter in the mail explaining the situation, but it won't, that letter won't show up until February 10th, around February 10th, because that's when it'll get mailed out. <clears throat> There's more to this article, but basically if you're driving a Tesla right now there, with self-driving, um, there's a good chance that you're part of that recall. So go get it checked out. Pardon me. Um, the next article is over in oops, the continuity report. 
is about Wonka. It's in the continuity report uh, channel, which is over at hometown.com. Go check it out. Um, all kinds of movie and TV news. Wonka early uh, box office predictions, put it behind Charlie and the chocolate factory. Pardon me one second. So um, I always joke about this ever since I learned um, of a um, of a theory that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was the prequel to Snowpiercer. And uh, basically the uh, Snowpiercer actually was powered by Oompa Loompas. And then when all of the Oompa Loompas um, died, they started using resources from within the train. So go watch Snowpiercer after you watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, or watch Wonka and then watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, I haven't watched Wonka yet. Uh, I don't go to the movie theaters anymore. Uh, but apparently it's not rising to the level of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Paul King's Wonka movie is currently projected to make between 30 and 40 million during its opening weekend in the United States per variety. The uh, Timothy Chalamet starring Wonka movie, which opens later this week, is currently eyeing a $35 million opening. Deadline reports a slightly higher box office opening weekend for Wonka, around $40 million. While it's already brought in approximately $43.2 million from overseas openings. I don't know. I think it'll do better than that. In comparison, Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory opened to an approximately 56.18 million, which is interesting. Approximately 56.18. It's pretty precise when you're talking about millions. Uh, during an opening weekend in the United States, it went on to make a total of $206,459,076, which is not an approximation, apparently. So the article is over at comingsoon.net. Um, I think I have the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, I haven't gotten the, the Johnny Depp one. And I will probably end up getting the Wonka and the uh, new old Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, let's see if it says anything else in here. So what is the Timothy Chalamet starring Wonka about? Based on the extraordinary character at the center of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Roald Dahl's most iconic children's book and one of the, mo uh, the best-selling children books of all time, Wonka tells the wondrous story of how the world's greatest inventor, magician, and chocolate maker became the beloved Willy Wonka we know today, is what the synopsis says. I guess there's going to be some uh, singing and dancing in this, um, more than uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, I guess uh, uh, Timothy uh, Chalamet can um, carry a tune. So I, I I like any. I actually enjoy remakes of older um, movies because the colors are different, the sets are modernized. There's bigger, better to me effects. Um, and while I appreciate the um, previous iterations. The newer iterations don't really detract. They they may suck if it falls off the rails and there's bad acting or 
the writing is different to the point where um, it, it actually makes a fundamental difference. But, you know, kind of like the um, the uh, Ghostbusters, the all woman cast had no effect on me um, that they were women. What had a huge effect on me was that they were forced to discount the entirety of the world building of Ghostbusters. So I hope Wonka actually embraces the idiosyncrasies of the, uh, <laughs> you have to refer to it as like the old movies, but um, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, world building. So we'll, we'll see um, if the personality of Willy Wonka comes out um, with um, Timothy Chalamet and I, I just don't know I don't know um, but if he comes across like he does in Dune um, I don't know <laughs> I'm just going to have to watch it So let's keep on going oh and before I do that let me throw this into there you go there we go. Let's go. So the next article is over in the mobile channel. Six out of 10 aquaculture workers are worried that their job is affecting their health. Finds a survey. The 1,283 workers in the aquaculture sector who have responded to an HSE survey are not anxious without good reason. In all, 62% have experienced near misses in the last two years. However, there is another threat that is making them even more worried. I'm really curious about this. Um, Guru Colset Miraculous, uh, wait, Maracaris, Maracaris. There we go. Norwegian University of Science and Technology is the author of this article. Uh, researchers into occupational safety have been uh, studying the results of comprehensive HSE survey. Sorry, one second. Um, in an attempt to uncover problematic areas in a sector that employs 7,000 workers and that carries a statistically high risk of injury. They must be talking about something very specific in one location because 7,000 workers is not a lot and their aquaculture sector is a lot bigger than 7,000 employees. The survey demonstrates that strain injuries come top of the list among the health problems that most aquaculture sector workers are concerned about of 62 percent who are worried about that condition uh, in their uh, working environment may have negative impact on their health 33 say that accidents are the cause well the industry has to adapt to you know rules and regulations like any other and aquaculture is although uh, old in nature, um, it as a commercial enterprise to the scale where we're monitoring it and doing research is pretty new. So if repetitive strain injuries or strain injuries or accidents are uh, a problem, then the solutions will come as people detect a trend in something that causes accidents. They say here strain and injuries are identified as the greatest threat to their health by 47 worker, uh, sorry, 47% of workers lifting that involves bending or twisting of the upper body, as well as heavy lifting in general, combined with repetitive and monotonous uh, tasks all represent ergonomic risk factors uh, familiar to all those who carry out traditional operations in the aquaculture sector. So, yeah, I mean, it is the nature of the beast. So. You know, they're going to have to work on 
building uh, strategies that mitigate these risks, um, pulleys and tackles and um, other um, equipment and engineering to reduce this risk. It's particularly useful when it's the same task over and over again, uh, wherein somebody can deduce, oh, I need to do this to stop from getting hurt. Um, so now that aquaculture sector is undergoing furious development with the accelerated introduction and use of new technologies, there's a need to keep a close eye on the impact of the, this is having on HSE um, issues. So let's see here if they say anything else that really needs to be discussed. Um, you know what? Let me throw this into the chat. So if you are oh so motivated, you can follow it. Um, yeah, they, they just kind of reiterate this vulnerable sector because nobody's really looking at it. A reported 17% said that the illness or injury that caused their absence uh, was work-related and 42% of those were out for six weeks or more. So physical injuries, um, not necessarily a cold or something like that, but um, I don't think that they really talk about illness so much as physical. They just hint at illness. They, they combine illness and injury during the past 12 months. But people dig the job. So 88% say that they were very often or always enjoy a high level of job satisfaction, which is just spectacular. You know, if you love your job, it's not really work, but you shouldn't pay with your health uh, to enjoy your job. And a mixed signal there, right? All right, let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in, oh, Warcrafters. The crew removed from sale will become unplayable after April 1st. Quote, we understand this may be disappointing for players still enjoying the game. And I don't know how this is even freaking possible. How is this legal? The crew, it's a game, a racing game, is being taken off of the streets. Uh, Ubisoft announced today that sales of its online racing game have been halted on all storefronts and will no longer be playable on any platform after March 31st, 2024. Um, Ubisoft said decommissioning a game, and especially our first one, is not something we take lightly. But if people paid for it, and the duty of care is to provide the service, they need to either provide something that allows people to continue to play it, if not just locally, um, then provide a server so that there's some interconnected feature. But it's ridiculous. I don't care if I paid $50 10 years ago and I want to play the game again, damn it. Design your software so it's not an inherently a, a door jam just because you decide that your servers are too damn expensive. I mean, this is <laughs> this is the highlight of a comment of a, a line of discussion that I have, um, wherein we have lost the right of first sale doctrine here in the United States. We've lost physical media. We've lost ownership. So if you buy a movie that's in any platform where you don't have the physical disc in your hot hands, you don't have the ability to sell it. 
you don't have the ability to gift it to somebody. It's yours and yours alone for you to consume. Granted, maybe with a, a, a large group of friends, but you cannot do anything with it. And arguably, if you die, what happens with all of that stuff that you've purchased? When it's digital, it's tied to your account. You can try and will it. I don't know if anything like that has ever ended up in court. But this, here's the thing. Andy Chalk over at PCGamer.com put the article together. Deck statement says Ubisoft said the closure is necessary due to upcoming server infrastructure and licensing constraints. The licensing constraints are not my fault. Get your shit together and allow me to play the game that I paid for, right? Um, uh, Chalk says it is disappointing and also an indictment of a system in which server dependent games suddenly become memories once a studio decides to pull the plug. The crew is a multiplayer focused game, but it offers a single player campaign, which by definition is something you play by yourself. By rights, losing online functionality should have no impact on the game. And yet here we are. And I agree. So, um, chalk continues with, and no, not as many people are playing the crew right now. Just 31 of them are on steam at the moment of that, um, author's writing. But it's about more than just whether or not you can hop into a decade old racing game and bang around. Game ownership should not be treated like an extended rental. Yes, I agree. And yet here we are. Andy, you might be my spirit animal over at PC Gamer. And I'm sure that there's many, there's dozens of us like a never nude. Um, there's dozens of us that just don't agree with this. And again, I don't care if the game is a decade old, I paid for it, right? I shouldn't have to suffer for your convenience. I paid for the game. Give me my money back at the minimum. Give me my money back. Did I have my value met right? I, I paid 20, let's say 20 bucks, 40 bucks. Did I play this thing for a thousand hours? Yeah. Did I make my money's worth in your estimation? Yeah. But guess what? I paid for that game. I should be able to play it on my deathbed. So come on asteroid. Okay. Uh, let's I'll just move on to the next article, but before I do, let me throw this into the chat so you can go and check it out too. Uh, the next article is over in technology today. A24 will bring the Death Stranding movie to life. It's been a year since we learned about a movie based on Death Stranding, which is a great game. I personally never played it. I watched it from beginning to end. Various other players, streamers. Uh, I treat streaming kind of like other people treat the NFL. You know, I get into the streamers uh, uh, mindset and I'm playing the game along with them without actually playing the game. You know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I don't have to, I can do other things and whatnot, but it's I basically treat it like NFL, you know? Um, and it was, that just brings to mind something because I was watching uh, a YouTube channel. Um, I won't go into the channel, but 
Anyway, a person on the channel said, wait, people watch other people playing computer games? And I'm sitting there going, dude, you sit there and watch football. You're even more distanced from the reality of NFL than I am from the streamers that I watch. Because I can load up the damn game that they're playing, you know? I can actually get on brand and start making a name for myself streaming a game. And if people find me compelling, they'll subscribe, eventually follow everywhere I go um, and, and subscribe to my channel here on Twitch and or elsewhere. Um, although, I don't know, based on some of the terms of use lately here on Twitch, um, I might have to start being the rare male body painter there's a lot of real estate here to paint though so uh make me partner so that i can afford all of the paint that i'm gonna have to use like a paint roller to paint this canvas anyway um death stranding back to death stranding you see how my mind wanders um great story actually like tearjerker so now kojima productions has brought another notable partner on board a24 the celebrated studio behind movies such as everything everywhere all at once and uncut gems it's helping to adapt death stranding into live action film i always joked about death stranding being a walking simulator so i really don't know what they're going to do with this movie um if the intro doesn't highlight and then it immediately end the never-ending walk um then they're already starting out bad they need to really highlight how much of that of death stranding is nothing more than walking around and at least you know hint that that is actually happening uh, from scene to scene anyway more than 16 million people have explored hideo kojima's um haunting game so far death stranding tasks a courier named Sam Porter Bridges, played by Norman Reedus, um, with unifying a fractured America after a cataclysmic event. It's a strange, captivating game, and indeed it is. Um, Hideo is, uh, a, has great energy um, on the stage, and even in a picture like this, and in interviews that I've heard him uh, talking and seen him, um, he just gives off a really good mojo so it's neat to see this actually coming into existence and if he has a direct hand in it which i'm sure he will it's going to be equally weird um, as a movie not just a game chris holt over at engage put this article together um, what does it say here hideo kojima promises it won't be just a direct translation of the game which is great i think it should highlight the elements of the game and the world building within death stranding so A24, the celebrated studio behind movies such as Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was absolutely awesome until it just went way weird. You know, this abstract how to get to everything everywhere all at once by doing something not stereotypical to cause a fracture. Anyway, <clears throat> um, more than 16 million people have played the game. The adaptation will delve into the mystery surrounding the apocalyptic event called the Death Stranding, which blurred the lines between life and death and brought forth nightmarish creatures onto the world on the brink of collapse, according to a press release. 
but they say it's not going to be just like the game. Uh, Kojima is renowned movie buff who may very well have been a film director in another life. He may not have enough time to slide into the director's chair on this occasion, though, as Kojima Productions has its hands full with two games that are in the works, a Death Stranding sequel and a new project called OD, which was announced during the Game Awards um, just a couple of days ago or now a week ago. Um, Still, A24 has a high number of profile collaborators who'd make a compelling Death Stranding film. So I'm really interested in what's going to come out of this. Very neat. I'm excited. I want to see this. Um, before I go, let me throw this into the chat. I don't think I did that. There you go, folks. Let's go on. Uh, the next article is over in the Continuity Report. Robocop and C-3PO pose for a pregnancy photo in unexpected pairing. This is titled, I'm not sure how this even works. <laughs> um, or uh, somebody has some explaining to do. I don't know. There's a lot of captions. I actually had started up a website once where you could upload a photo and everybody could come up with a caption for it. thought it was neat, um, but I'm... I'm really horrible at advertising my stuff. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. It just languished until I closed it down, but it was fun and easy and um, thought it was neat. Anyway, an unexpected crossover between Star Wars C-3PO and the titular character of Robocop sees the two pairing for a pregnancy photo. Both franchises are known for having lead characters with robotic features. The former filled with the droid characters, uh, while the latter stars a cyborg police officer. If you've never seen either uh, Robocop or anything Star Wars, um, you're doing yourself a disservice. So go check them both out. Um, I don't know. I, I won't go into any of that. But anyway, because of the shared qualities, it makes sense for some characters within both franchises to have crossovers in fan works. But this is quite fascinating. Nick Bythrow, or Bithrow, I'm not sure how they pronounce their last name, put this article together. It's over at ScreenRant.com. Okay, I'm going to scroll down here. And uh, there's a summary, but it doesn't matter. You, you can go and check it out, but I just want you to see the picture. <laughs> oh, man. That is awesome. The grainy images sees Alex standing behind C-3PO who is visibly pregnant. The photo contains many funny reactions from those who weren't expecting to see the image pop up on their feed. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, yeah, that's just hilarious. It came from somebody, Sam Register. Um, however, Sam Register graced the world with a surprising photo depicting a pregnancy between Robocop's Alex Murphy in Star Wars' C-3PO, but Alex Murphy would never have done this because Alex Murphy remembers his wife and kid. So this couldn't even be fan fiction because, yeah. Okay, let's just move on. Wait, wait, wait. I need to throw this article into the show. There you go. <laughs> Oops. 
So the next article is in the uh, continuity report. What's interesting about this is as I was going through the news and um, looking at submissions, I found this after I had already watched the trailer for Beverly Hills Cop. Um, the new one, Axel Foley or Axel F in this prepared to have prepare to have the 80s synth tones of the Beverly Hills cop theme stuck in your head again. Based on what I saw in the trailer for this, everybody that was part of Beverly Hills cop is back. Um, and obviously we're all a lot older. So I remember watching this movie. I loved every part of it. It was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, Eddie Murphy was a blast. So Netflix has released the trailer for Beverly Hills cop. Axel F the fourth film in the popular Beverly Hills cop franchise starring Eddie Murphy. So it's, uh, slated for release in summer of 2024. Jaden Thompson over at variety, put the article together. Let's see if there's something else in here. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Kevin Bacon are both newcomers to the Beverly Hills Cop universe. Taylor Page joins the cast as Foley's estranged daughter, while Paul Reiser, Bronson Pinchot, um, and Mark Pellegrino also star. Murphy spoke to People about what it was like returning to the franchise decades later. Quote, it's a really physical movie and I had to do some physical stuff. He said, I'd like to be on the couch. I don't like to be jumping over and shooting and running. And I had to do some jumping and shooting and running. And as a result, at the end of the movie, I had a knee brace and my back is messed up, but the movie's going to be special. So, and it's going straight over to the Netflix uh, platform. Um, so it'll be fun. It was a nice reveal in the trailer um, to see the old faces of the original Beverly Hills cop. A veteran producer Jerry Bruckheimer, who was behind the original Beverly Hills Cop, returned for Axel F. Production started after years of development setbacks and script rewrites. Murphy also produces, in addition to Chad Oma, a producer Melissa Reed, and uh, co-producer Melissa Reed, and associate producer John K. Campbell. Um, there's more data in this article, but um, that's pretty much the highlights. Uh, follow the link over to the variety article. There you go. Doink. That's now in the chat as well. So we're done and we get back into the party bus and drive all the way down main street. I just want to draw attention to rebel moon. I really want to see rebel moon. I hope that there's a whole series of rebel moons, the world building, the graphics, the visuals of this, of the movie just seem to be. Um, pretty amazing. Um, but I wonder if these will end up on like rebel moon will end up on riff tracks in 40 years with everybody, or, uh, how did this get made kind of a thing? There's a podcast called how did this get made? Um, but I, so far, everything that I've seen about rebel moon is going to be a blast. As for the rest of the articles on the front page. They are different depending on when you go there. So keep on checking out hometown.com. I sign up, become a citizen, and you can go into each one of these even before you're, I mean, you can go in there now without being a citizen, but you just can't post. Um, and uh, don't forget, there's a YouTube channel, a podcast. I just search for hometown 
uh, there's a Patreon, a TikTok, a Discord, all of it's available uh, from the website. And that's it. Ta-da! Guess we're done. With that in mind, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. Go and check it out. See you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern. And uh, yeah, that's it. Have fun. Something new every day. Bye-bye. Thank you.